Go with me to Matthew chapter 7. You know, we started uh, on Easter, we started a series called the Easter Challenge. Basically, each week it goes into uh, different, um, if you want to call it the church. We talked about the resurrection the first week. We talked about, uh, last week we talked about going to a new level. All of us. Taking our worship, taking our prayer life, taking our, our Bible reading Everything that is, that is associated not just with uh, uh, the church, but also with our own personal life, going to another level. I don't want to stay where I'm at. You hear what I'm saying? I don't want to stay where I'm at in my spiritual walk. I've only got a short time left. You know, I want to go to a new level. I want to take my life to another level. You know, they sang a song, Build My Life. And we're going to talk about building today. Matthew chapter 7 is part of the, um, uh, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus spoke. You know, if you, uh, if you walk around this city, everywhere you go, you'll see them building houses everywhere. When uh, we moved into our house almost eight years ago, uh, it, was a, it was still a pretty new subdivision at the time. They were still building houses. Now they have completely built all the houses in our subdivision. Um, so it's all done, but... If you were to look at those houses, you would, you would see that before you can put anything up, you have to do what? You have to lay a solid foundation, don't you? And if you've ever looked at a foundation being laid, it's not just a simple matter of just laying concrete. No, they have to go and they have to prepare the footing. They have to, you know, they have to dig down. If you've ever seen a skyscraper built, they'll dig down feet to lay a foundation that's firm and solid so they can build that strong structure on it. And just like how they build houses, in order for us to build a foundation in our life, we have to have a solid foundation. And Jesus talks about that and where we're fixing to, to look at here in Scripture. And I want you to understand something. Jesus has told them that we, after, if you take all these words, he had just preached a message. I don't know how long it took him. He might have been there all day preaching. I, I, I don't know. All we know is it covers about three chapters in the book of Matthew, and you can even find the same sermons in, in the book of Luke as well. But Matthew covers the most details, and for three solid chapters, Jesus taught the people that were there listening and then at the end, the words that I'm about to speak to you were the final words that he spoke to this group. Look at Matthew chapter 7. And let's look at verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You know, in verse 24 and 26, Jesus says, Everyone who hears these words of mine. 
You see, the words that Jesus is talking about here is the sermon. The sermon that he's just spent the last three chapters talking to you. Those are the words. It's teaching. He's teaching the people. He's telling you the, the, the things on how to live your life, how to make life so much better. And, you know, he began his sermon in chapter 5 with the Beatitudes. He talked about the, the, what light was like. He, he used an illustration with salt. He, he talked about murder, adultery, divorce. He, he talked about what to do if someone hits you on one cheek. He, he talked about loving our enemies. And, and this is also the place that he, he gave us his most famous prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. He, he told us about fasting and about storing up treasures in heaven. He told us not to worry and not to judge others. He talked about a narrow and a wide gate. He also taught that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he ends it with our text today, and he's told us the truth. He's spoken the truth. He's given us the truth, and he has given us all of this good information on how to build our life, how to live our life, and how we can please God. He's touched a number of many subjects, and he sums it all up with a quick word of advice. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and then he places all of us into two categories he says we're either a wise man or we're a foolish man the wise man is the one that did the the work he he built his house upon a solid foundation because he put those words that jesus spoke into practice and the foolish man was the person that put that built his house upon a sandy foundation and whenever the waves came and the storms came, the house didn't stand. Why? Because he didn't listen to the words of Jesus that Jesus spoke. I don't know about you, I, I, uh, I like, I, I don't watch news a lot. Every once in a while I'll find an interesting story when I'm scrolling through either Facebook or uh, uh, YouTube or something, and I'll find a news story that catches my eye. And a couple of years ago, I was, I, was, I, I was watching the news or something, and it talked about these houses off on Lake, I think it was on Lake Michigan, and that these houses have been there for years, and these were beautiful homes. I mean, these homes were just absolutely gorgeous. And I mean, they weren't big, they weren't fancy, they were older homes, they had been there a long time. But over time, because of the rising tides of Lake Michigan, it had slowly eroded the uh, uh, property, their land, that was close to their home. And it eventually has gotten to where now there are some homes that are clinging for dear life. They're hanging on for dear life because the foundation has eroded away and now the houses are falling off the side of the hill. What has happened is what they didn't understand years ago when they built these houses, what there was a possibility, but there was a chance because they didn't build their house on a strong enough foundation. They saw the view, they saw the beauty of Lake Michigan. They saw the beach and having a, a beachfront house. But they didn't think that someday that that same beauty would eventually take their house well, you know what they're trying to do to, to keep the foundation, from, to keep the uh, shoreline from eroding? They're now putting rock, you hear what I'm saying? 
They're putting rock to keep that foundation from eroding anymore, trying to save their homes now. What are they doing? They're putting a solid foundation so that the storms can't take any more of their land away. You see, that's the same thing in our life, and that's what Jesus was teaching us. Jesus was teaching us that we have to build our life upon a solid foundation. If we don't build it upon a solid foundation, if we don't heed the words that Jesus spoke to us and put those into our life, then whenever storms come in our life, whenever the waves crash all around us, when we don't seem like there's any hope, if we've not built our life upon a foundation, then our lives are going to crumble. But you see, if we've put our trust in Jesus, if we've laid Jesus as our firm foundation, if we've made him the chief cornerstone, if we've built our life upon his, then when those waves come and the things start crashing in all around us, guess what? Jesus is there, amen? Somebody said one time, you know, you know is, is, when, we, when I gave my life to Jesus, Jesus never said that my life would be perfect, that my life wouldn't have any problems. You see, it's just with him, it's a lot better because I have someone walking beside me. There's truth to that, amen? If we don't have him as a part of our foundation, then, 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 then we don't have somebody that whenever the storm does come, because let me tell you, the storm is going to come at some point. This is life. Life is not always just peaches and roses, guys. Life happens. And sometimes a storm's going to come, and we need our Savior. We need our, our, the person that loves us greater than anything, and we need our life built upon him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 says, For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. I want you to understand, Jesus has spoken the truth. He's told us the truth. And it's that truth that we build our life, that we build our foundation upon the truth that is Jesus Christ. The truth changes everything, amen? Do you believe that? What is it the Bible says? You'll know the truth and what? Truth will set you free. I don't know about you, but I don't like living in, in uh, shackles. If I was to take you outside and to bound you up and leave you there and walk away, would you like that very much? No. I don't want to be bound. I like my freedom. I like being able to walk and do what I want and talk and, and, and get in my car if I want to and, and go here or go there. I like having a few bucks in my pocket. I like that freedom. I don't want to be bound by chains. I want to be set free. And the only way that I can live a free life is to know and understand the truth. And Jesus has brought the truth. He says what? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Christ. The Word of God is the truth. There are no lies. It is not wrong. Understand that. The Bible is infallible. It has no falsehoods in it. It is completely 100% true. And I stand by that. 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible is not just, it's not just right or wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a different kind of truth. It is God-breathed. Amen? It's an alignment with the creator of the universe and the way he intends things to be. Therefore, it carries his power. It carries his authority. Amen? Have you ever had to say the words, I was wrong? (laughs) It's hard to admit that, isn't it? It's hard to admit, man, I, I was wrong. I've had to say that a few times in my life. And uh, it's, it's not always fun to say, you know. But we, we have to come and we have to admit when we're wrong. I don't know about you, but I like to read nonfiction books. And the reason why I like to read nonfiction books is because it's, it's a true story or it's, it's based on truth or, or what have you. And, and I, like, I like those types of books. Um, so I like history. You know, I like watching old history stuff. I like, uh, I also like uh, true crime stuff. I want to know kind of what happened, why these, why this person go nuts and all of a sudden start doing crazy stuff. I also like finding out when people have been accused wrongly. I like it when the truth comes out and they are set free. John Grisham, you know, he's wrote several fiction books, but several years ago he wrote a book called The Innocent Man. And in this book, it's, it's, a, it's a true story. It, it happened actually in Oklahoma. And what happened was this, this man had, uh, was accused of committing a murder, and uh, they, they, the, several of the evidence got botched. I mean, it, was just, I mean it, was, it wasn't done really well, and they ended up convicting this guy and putting him in prison. And he served several years in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. It was a, it was a murder. He didn't commit this crime. And so what they ended up doing was they ended up finding out the true evidence, the real evidence, and they ended up getting him set free. I forget how many years later. He was on death row. And uh, several years later, they ended up setting him free. He was able to uh, come out of that free. And I don't know about you, but I like it when the truth reveals what it's supposed to reveal, right? You ever, you ever been accused of something that you didn't do? It's not very nice, is it? It's not very good. I like it when the truth comes out. I like that truth. There's something about hearing the truth and clearing your name and clearing whatever somebody may think of you. You know, have you ever heard, uh, isn't it funny how the uh, um, internet or, or social media can spread a whole lot of falsehoods out there? Can I tell you that if it's on the internet, don't believe it. <laughs> if it's in social media, don't believe it. It's probably not true uh, unless the actual person says that about themselves. And then it might not even be true anymore either. You know, you, you can't, it's hard to be- tell what people, it's hard to tell but the difference between the, uh, the, uh, 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 what's real and what's fantasy anymore, right? Because people try to blur those, those lines, those truth lines. But I want to know the truth. That's what I want. I want the truth in my life, functioning in my life, working in my life. And the only way that I can have that truth is through Jesus Christ. 
I need Jesus Christ as the truth in my life. We need to walk in the truth. Real quick, I want to give you six items that will help you walk in the truth. We're going to go through these. These are some that you should know that this should be a part of your everyday life. It should be something that, that you just wake up and it just, it's just automatic. Number one, reading your Bible. The best way to get the truth into your life and to have a solid foundation is to read the truth. Amen? John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32 says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, none of us like being bound in chains, right? We, we don't like that. We want the truth. We want to walk in freedom. The second thing is studying the Word of God. Put the Scriptures in your heart. It's so important that we memorize Scripture. Some of you are saying, I don't memorize very well. Let me tell you something. If you will take a Scripture, I don't care which Scripture it is, and you will write it down on a little uh, uh, um, index card and place it somewhere that you can see every single day, I promise you, you will put that scripture in your heart and you will start memorizing that scripture. Why is it? Because it's because you see it all the time. Why is it that a lot of people know the Lord's Prayer? Why is it that a lot of them know the Ten Commandments? It's because they, Grandma had it hanging on her wall for so many years. You know what I'm talking about. You walked past it. You saw it. You looked at it. You read it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If we have the scripture in front of us and we see it, how come people know John 3.16? Because it's everywhere. People post it everywhere. You can go to a ball game and see a sign with John 3.16. Guess what somebody's probably going to do? They're going to go say, well, I'm going to find a Bible somewhere and I'm going to see what it says. And so people know that verse because from the very beginning it has been ingrained in our heart and in our life. If you will take the scriptures and you will study them and put them in your heart and in your life, then you will know the scriptures. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who, do, who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. You see, these last, two, these last few verses in 2 Timothy that I just read to you was words that Paul wrote to a young preacher. Paul was giving Timothy advice. He was telling him to make the scriptures a part of his life so that he could deliver those words to his congregation. Why? Because God's word is the truth. Amen? And it will, and it, it will help you to build a solid foundation in your life. You need God's word in your life. That's why it's so important. Why do you think that I gave a challenge at the beginning of the year to help you to read the Bible through? It doesn't take that long. It may take 15, 20 minutes to read. For me it does. I'm a slow reader. For, to read what that passage is for the day. But if you will pick up God's word and read God's word every single day, you are putting that word into your heart. But see, it's important for us not to just read it, but we need to study it, amen? Study God's Word. 
There might be a scripture that jumps out at you. Boom. Take that scripture and read it over and over and over and over. Don't just keep going. If, the, if God is impressing that scripture upon your heart, stop and meditate on it. Read through it. Understand it. Maybe grab you a commentary. Pull it up. Maybe go type the scripture in and, on Google. But trust me, there's a lot of bi- good Bible resources out there on the internet. Go study this stuff. Look at it and see what God's talking to you and telling you. The third thing is talking to God. You need to ask yourself, have you made a conscious effort to talk to God today? Have you spent more time with God than just a little rub-a-dub-dub, thanks God for the grub, amen? Have you prayed more than just a lay-me-down-to-sleep prayer at night when you're you're ready to go to sleep? Do you hear what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with those prayers. I grew up saying, now I lay me down to sleep every every night before I go to bed when I was a kid. At some point, though, we have to get off the milk and start eating steak. You hear what I'm saying? You can only be satisfied with the milk for so long. At some point, we have to eat a full balanced meal for us to grow. That's where we as adults, we have to grow. We have to take God's word, put it into our life, put it into our heart, and start understanding what God has for us. We cannot be satisfied where we're at. We have to move at some point from A, and we've got to get to B at some point. Amen? That's the only way we're going to be more in conquerors if we understand what God has for us. But we have to spend a conversation with God. God wants to have a conversation with you. Even if you don't know what to say or how to say it, just simply say thanks. Amen? But take a minute each day and spend it with God. If I went an entire month and I didn't talk to my wife except for passing by and I said hi, what kind of relationship would that be? We'd probably start calling a divorce lawyer at some point. Why? Because we're not growing in our relationship. We're not spending some time. You know, I'm not saying that God's ever going to turn away from you, but how, are you, how do you expect to get closer to God if you don't spend time with Him, if you don't talk to Him? We have to have that relationship with the Father. Fourth thing is talking to one another. Can I just say this right now? We need each other. Every one of us, we need each other. We need to pour into each other's life. Can I tell you, there may be something that God is speaking to you. There may be something that God is saying to you. And God may be telling you, hey, you need to go tell this to so-and-so. And you may walk up to them, and they may look at you that, like you are crazy. It don't matter. You're being obedient to what God's telling you to do. And if God tells you to, hey, go up to somebody and say, hey, I just want to give you a scripture I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I felt like today in my private time, God was speaking to me, and he gave me a scripture for you, and this is what, and, he, and, and you just, you know, write it down, hand it to him, tell him what it is, whatever it is, you give him that word. Why? Because God spoke it to you, and you're giving it back to them. We need one another, amen? We need to talk with one another. We need a fellowship with one another. Go out and eat with somebody. If somebody that you know, that you hang out with at church, hasn't been here in a while, get on the phone, pick it up, dial their number, and say, hey, we've missed you. Where you been? Is there something I can do? Can I, do you need groceries? Do you need a, a, someone to go take, you know, drink coffee with? 
Whatever it is, we need one another in our life. I'm going to tell you, number five, attending church. They devoted, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sowed property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47 says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is how the first church started. You see, this is where the church needs to be today. Somewhere along the line, some churches have strayed from this path, and we need to be in alignment with this, what God is telling us on how we should be. And I believe that we're working towards this. Are we there where we fully need? I don't believe that we're fully where we need. I don't think we'll ever be where we fully need to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we ever get to the point that we think we've arrived, then, then something's wrong. We've become stagnant. We've become stale. Have you ever seen a pond that's become stagnant and stale? It's not pretty, is it? It stinks. It's nasty. The fish die. I mean, it's, just, it's awful. It's terrible. I don't ever want to get to the point that I'm satisfied where I'm at. Even if we had 500 people in here, I'm not going to be satisfied where we're at. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Then I'm going to say, okay, God, what's the next level that I've got to go to? Amen? We should never be content with where we are in Christ, in our relationship where the church is at, we always need to be moving to another level. If you attend church one, one, on Easter and uh, uh, Christmas and that's all you come, start changing some things. Maybe I can come once every six, six weeks. I don't know. If, if you attend church, say, once a month, then maybe you start thinking, okay, how can I move to that next level? Why? Because we need the fellowship of each other if we ever give more to the outside world our attention then guess what happens on on to our, our, our Christian walk. Our truth starts changing. We don't hear what God is speaking to us. I'm not worried about uh, uh, the, why you're not here. I'm worried that at some point you're going to forget the truth because you don't have the influence of one another coming together as a church, as a body of believers, loving each other. Because that's what it's about, amen? Amen. It's to share the truth with with each other. We are building a foundation. We are building the foundation that God has prepared for us. And number six is attending Wednesday night connect groups. Small groups are so important for you to be involved in. You need more than just once a week dose of a time of worship. Do you hear me? You can't be completely fed, I don't believe. If you're not doing it at home, then you need to be here in church. I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to put it out there. If you're not reading your Bible and studying your Bible at home and praying at home and spending that time with God at home, then you need to be here. Because you cannot sustain, I don't believe that you can sustain your Christian walk 
on just one day a week or some on one, one uh, day a month. I believe that we need that fellowship. We need that time to come together. We need that time when we can get in the Word. We need that time that we can pray. We need that time of fellowship and working with. And plus, not only do you need it, but your kids and your grandkids need it. Amen? Because they're getting taught back there while we're in here. There's a lot happening on this campus. But I'm going to say this. I'm gonna, I want to say this. We average, depending on a, on a Sunday, anywhere from about 45 to 60 in here on Sunday morning. Well, between all the stuff that happens on Sundays. Now listen to me. You know, on Wednesday nights, we run about 36. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good percentage. But I think it could be even better. Amen? I mean, I don't know of a church in town that runs the same amount on Wednesday nights that they run on, on, Sunday, on Sunday mornings. How cool would it be if, if that's us? Why? Because you want so much of God that you just want to hear God's word. You want to listen to God. You want to absorb it. You want to soak it in. You want to receive all the truth that God wants to have for you so that you can build your life on something more firm and something more solid and, and such a great foundation. And what is it Jesus told us? That those that put this into practice, those that build, use this and listen to his words, that whenever those storms come, nothing's going to be able to destroy us. Amen? I've had some storms in my life. I could sit there and name some things that have happened in my life. I don't always understand why everything happens. I don't always, I, I don't like any of them that happen. But they've happened, right? And so I know that, that with Jesus walking beside me, that when those storms hit that I know that I can make it. Why? Because he's right there beside me. He's walked with me each step. Several years ago, this is before we had any kids, Kelly and I, we were deciding what's going to be next for us, you know, and we said, well, let's, let's start having kids. So she gets pregnant. We're excited. We're happy. Cool. We may had the first doctor's visit. Yes, they confirmed it. All right. Then I get a call at work, and she said, I've miscarried. I mean, up to this point, I mean, we've been fired twice. You know, we'd had all this. We were living in a terrible apartment. I mean, it was just, at this point in my life, it was like, man, what can get much worse, you know? And I even, I even cried out, God, I said, why, you know? Can I tell you that God's okay if you ask the question Why? You may not always understand his response back to you. You may not always get it. You may not always like it. But it's okay to ask God why. And I believe that God will speak to you. And I, and, and I, remember, I remember having a conversation with him. It was a quick conversation because I was on my way to, to, to be with her. And I remember saying, well, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. If this is not meant to be, then it's not meant to be right now. Whatever. I don't know. And, you know, and, and so, at, and that was the end of it. I just, I was like, well, we'll just go about our life. I'll go comfort her. And we got through it. And three months later, she got pregnant again with Maley. And, you know, and so now we've got two beautiful kids. And, and we're, we've got a blessed life. And God's just doing some great and amazing things in our life. So I say this to say that 
it was a it was a low point in our life but yet God got us through it I had what we had done and even and I'm talking about it was low because we had been fired twice moved from our what we thought was ministry full-time ministry moved us back to a town at the time that we didn't want to have nothing to do with can I tell you God will ch- God has a funny way of changing things we didn't want to come back home. We didn't want to come back to Fort Smith. We, we had left Fort Smith for a reason. We just we didn't feel God calling us here. You, you know what I'm saying? And so when we came back, it was like you just felt defeated. And then this happened. And it was like, okay, God, what is it from here? What is it you want from here? What do you want from us? And what we didn't know at the time that God was preparing, preparing our hearts for something different than we ever could imagine. I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to be pastoring this church. That, at that point, it was probably five or six years later that we started pastoring this church. At that time, at that moment, we had no idea what God had planned for us. But all we knew was that God had placed us here in this moment. We had built our life upon the truth that he was speaking to us, and we built our life upon him, and it was that truth that was getting us to the next point why because he had laid a foundation in our life and that's what we have to do we have to put our trust in him the truth you'll shall know the truth and the truth will what set you free <laughs> there's so much better it's so much better to be in that freedom amen of knowing that you're directly in god's will for your life that's where i want to be I want to be living, walking, serving, breathing, right smack dab in the middle of God's perfect will. Amen? Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this time that we could come together. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've spoken into our hearts. And God, I pray for everybody here. God, I pray that they will know the truth. They will understand your truth. Everything that you've spoken into our hearts and into our lives and that we've received and we've listened to you, and we submit and surrender to you, and we give our life over to you, and we give you praise, and we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God is so good, amen? Amen. amen. Would you go? Okay. <clears throat> um, I want to give you a couple of things real quick. Kids will be in here in just a minute to collect for BGMC. Um, So far this year, um, we have, you have done a, oh, first of all, let me start with this. Does everybody know, the, did y'all notice the van is missing? It's not because somebody stole it. We've got it in the shop being painted, amen? Hallelujah. And y'all helped us to do that. So I want to say thank you so much uh, for helping if you would still like to give to that, you can give. We're gonna, we will have another project for you to give to because uh, we got a lot of things happening around here, a lot of things that need done. And uh, so uh, we're, we're working on that. But let me also say that so far this year, you have given over $1,200 to BGMC. Amen. Here we are. This is the month of April. Well, no, this is May. Oh, my goodness. May 1st. Uh, this, is, this is May We've, we've had four months of giving uh, to BGMC, and let me just say thank you, thank you, thank you for all your 
wonderful giving and how you have blessed this church. Um, but uh, the kids should come here in a little bit <laughs> uh, to take up your offerings. If you would like to write a check to BGMC, uh, you can put it in the envelope and just mark BGMC on there. If you would uh, like to um, give online, there is a category that you can mark BGMC uh, online as well, and you can give that way. Uh, but they will come and collect your. Uh, get them again. They will come and collect your um, uh, coins and dollars and nickels and all that good stuff here in just a moment. Let me go ahead and give you a few announcements while we're waiting on them. Uh, there is youth tonight at six, and then also want you to know next Sunday. Does anybody know what next Sunday is? It's Mother's Day. Yes, it's Mother's Day. And we do something different around here. We celebrate all ladies uh, here at Cliff Terrace. And so all ladies will receive a gift. And uh, we will also have gift baskets, uh, a drawing for those gift baskets uh, for you to put your name in for a chance to win. And uh, Kelly has put these together. I think she does a wonderful job every year. And uh, she works real hard on these. And so uh, she's doing it something different this year. They're all color-coordinated. Uh, so each basket will represent a color. And so, uh, excuse me, um, so you'll have an opportunity to win those as well. And, um, and uh, I don't have any Six Flags, or not Six Flags, I don't have any Silver Dollar City tickets to give away this year. Sorry, ladies. Uh, we just, we didn't give enough shoe boxes. So, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, we will have those next week. Let me encourage you, invite someone to come. Uh, guilt your kid? No, I'm just kidding. Don't guilt your. Ask your kids to come and be with you, uh, huh? They're working on it. So uh, ask them, invite them to be here. But we have lots of cool stuff happening uh, next Sunday for Mother's Day. Uh, make plans to be here. Also, Roll Rangers are selling ribs. If you'd like to make an order, uh, please do so. Uh, see a Roll Ranger or a Commander. The ribs will be available Memorial Day weekend. They're $25 for a rack of ribs, and you've got about two weeks left, something like that, uh, to make your orders. Uh, they, uh, they've already bought a bunch of them, and so they've had several orders come in. So uh, if you want ribs, please get those in uh, ASAP, and uh, they need uh, so they can purchase those and make sure that they get all the ribs that, that, uh, that people for their own houses won't get them before we do. We want all the ribs. Because that means that y'all bought a lot. So, and uh, we've had outside orders as well. So this has been a great thing. I'm just waiting on them. Everybody got your, be- your buddy barrels. We're getting new barrels. Huh? I don't know how to say anything. If you haven't downloaded the Faith Life app, the Faith Life app, uh, you can do so on your phone. If you need to know how to do that, you can ask me. I can help you. Uh, but that Faith Life app, you can see the bulletin. The, that we have an a online digital bulletin that's on there. It's basically all the slides that we have um, on the screen. It can be on your phone. Uh, you can also see sermons on there, past sermons on there. You can, uh, you can give from that app. You can do all kinds of stuff. And I can show you, I can help you get that on your phone as well.
Um, oh, T-shirts. I'm, I'm pulling stuff out of the air here, guys. If you would like a T-shirt, we have order forms out there. There they are. We have order forms out in the foyer, and you can put your size and what color you would like. It's a shirt that's got the uh, sign language, I love you, hand on it. And it says, I love my church, up in the corner. And then it has uh, cliffterrace.church on it. And uh, so if you, would, if you would like to get your, make sure we get the size and the color that you want, uh, you can do that. They're $15 a piece. Uh, we will order some more shirts, but we would like to have everybody's size here that, that, um, uh, that we know so that we can have your specific size. So we get at least those. So if you could do that after service, just put your name, uh, the color you want, uh, and um, uh, your size. So, all right, kids, y'all ready? Who's got the bucket today? All right. Here, you'll start with mine. Give me here. Look at that. <laughs> 